I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov and I need a fork. And my name is Colin Trucker and I didn't know! I didn't know! <laughs> That's a good one! I was going to say, my name is Nick Kachanov, aka the bigot bitch from Bedford. <laughs> But I, I'm not a bigot, and I don't you're not. think I was. And you're not it's from a, Bedford. Yeah. And I'm definitely not from Bedford. No. But honestly, I, I think I need a fork, and I didn't know, are probably two of my favorite lines from this movie. Oh, yay. Perfect, yeah. then. So, all bases covered. Um, this movie, of course, if you didn't read the title of the episode, because you just like to live life by the seat of your pants, uh, <laughs> is The Family Stone from a gazillion years ago, aka 2005. Um, yeah. Uh, another ensemble holiday movie, you know, uh, yes. on our plates this season, and one we've referred to often in comparison to Home for the Holidays, and I'm sure even Happiest Season. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm really excited to now be talking about it, and because I, I I feel like in some ways the way I was thinking about it when we were talking about it during Home for the Holidays or Happiest Season or whatever else we talked about it, you know, or whenever else we talked about it. Um, I feel like this latest watch, I got some like new, some new feelings on the Family Stone. Yeah, I, I'd have to say that's kind of where I was. I, I think I mentioned it on this podcast that I watched it uh, two weeks ago at this point with Keon. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I did some like skimming because uh, I've seen it so many times too. So yeah, uh, it's it's kind of in my brain. But yeah, some interesting like grown up feelings. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I wonder, is it? Are we seeing it differently because it's 2020 and we're having, you know, a 2020 Christmas, a COVID Christmas? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we seeing it differently because we're older and we kind of identify with a different element of the story? Like, why? Do, what do you think? What do you think informed, you know, the, the your new viewing of the Family Stone? Yeah, I mean, it's. It's layered, I guess. It's like, I don't know if I identify with like one person, you know, like in this mm-hmm. movie, because they're all sort of, I don't want to say larger than life, but they each have their own like path <laughs> within yeah. the story. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I got it. I mean, any sort of mom character, of course, I'm drawn to. And, and we're going to go in on Diane today. But <sighs> yeah. I think it's just like that. What I've been thinking about a lot recently, too, and I feel like we've also addressed this, like that this gray area of where you aren't necessarily where your parents kind of, you start to take care of your parents, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I'm, I'm going to be 35 in February. And like, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of like 
what that looks like. And and more specifically too, like my mom has been going through so much with my grandma, her mom, um, just because like of, of a back surgery that like she had on Thanksgiving that like basically we weren't going to get together for Thanksgiving anyway. And, and like it just like snowballed into this huge thing and like the sacrifice we make for like taking care of our loved ones. But of course we do it, which yeah. honestly has nothing to do with the family stone. But I, I think just in general, um, realizing that like your grandparents and like eventually your parents like hopefully far in the future are not going to be with us anymore mm-hmm. and that kind of ties into the family stone a little bit too and just like family dynamics and new traditions and what that looks like and um and just meeting families for the first time it's like mm-hmm. I, I you know Keanu and I have been together we've been six years in this may which wow. is crazy and oh my god um, yeah and and just meeting his it takes me back to when like I first met his family and like I think the biggest because his family in New Hampshire like his family scattered everywhere so the biggest version of that that I probably got was actually this is going to sound so bougie but like when we were in Italy for his cousin's wedding um as you do but it was it was a lot of family all at once and obviously it was like summer and not Christmas and we we weren't like stuck in a house by any means too, but um, I just, I just love movies like that um, because everyone has to go through it. Everyone has to go through that awkward stage of like starting fresh with like, hopefully, you know, who you're going to be spending the rest of your life with your in-laws uh, like for good and the good and the bad. So that's kind of where I am. And I think, you know, with that, and, and certainly a theme in this movie is like the pressure of that meeting. And yeah, uh, I mean, I've had I've had that experience, you know, he, I, he, here and there, you know, with uh, the past two boyfriends, I, you know, met the family, met the families during the holidays and kind of mm-hmm. did all that. Last year, when I was I was with John, and we went to Texas. And um, that was just this like jam packed week of seeing his dad and his stepmom and then his mom and his stepdad and his two sisters and then cousins and like you know second I don't know like so many family members like his grandmother like I met so many people that was and they like to get together these people like their tank for socializing never empties so I'm just yeah I'm just like on fumes you know just like trying to like take an emotional break in the broom closet and these people just don't tire out from socializing. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, it's like then also seeing my family and like you know they're they're who are moving in like two weeks or a week or so. Thank God, but they're super invasive neighbors. You know, so it was like so many. It was so much of that, and you know, I I don't identify with a Meredith. I don't think I'm uptight or sure. a Type A personality. But I luckily not in front of anybody, but in front of John, like, uh, you know, five days into the trip, I just had a total meltdown. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. I do. I, I just cannot. Can we just stop? And I just like had a, had a Christmas movie sized meltdown. And yes, the so, strata in the kitchen. Oh, I was the strata. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, it mushrooms was, and all mushrooms and all. Yeah. I, um, I was just absorbing the eggs. And so yes. I, um, I, I I don't again I don't identify with Meredith, but I I think knowing how the movie progresses and seeing how her character evolves and also kind of understanding that nervousness and like that she really does does mean like well and she just keeps fucking up. I sympathize her with I sympathize with her more and more the more I see this movie. But the first time you watch it, she is just the like you know bigoted bitch from Bedford. 
Yeah, I think that's kind of where my takeaway too is like, do we do we feel bad for Meredith? Do we like Meredith? Um, you know, do we do we see? I think I maybe understood her a little bit more during this time mm-hmm. or like this time around. Not that like like, and I think her character is her character too. But like sometimes the script like does her dirty, and of course we're gonna talk yeah. about the din- the dinner room scene. But like I don't think anyone would have went that far. Like mm-hmm. I, if I was. Um, Oh, what is his name? Everett, Everett in the movie Dermot Mulroney. Um, I would have been like, I would have grabbed her leg or her arm gently and be like, "You need to stop." Yeah, like, yeah. We're good. You need to stop. Well, and, and I would have put that out rather than like, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I th- I think that also says a lot about him, and I do have a lot of feelings about Everett. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like he's kind of even worse than her. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of like for all the hate that Harper gets in Happiest Season, yeah. I'm like, oh, have you not yes. met Everett Stone? Because he makes Harper <laughs> look like Riley. Like it's it's crazy. I, I it is bad. That was my biggest takeaway. Not to jump around, but as a little you know, uh, table of contents of things we'll talk about. That was another one of my big takeaways. Was as much as I sympathized more with meredith i also saw like everett you are trouble that starts with t and rhymes with p and ends with rubble i don't i you know what i mean like he is (laughs) he is 72 trombones of trouble in this movie 76 actually oh yeah yeah (laughs) he's missing i'm determined Um, to make a music man reference here i don't know why (laughs) pick a little yeah cheap 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 um Yeah, honestly, like, I, he didn't help her out at all. Even, like, from the very beginning, like, I do, I do side with Everett that it is also, and also with, um, you know, uh, gosh, I forget her name, so I'm looking it up right now. Who's Diane? Uh, Sybil. Sybil. Diane. Mm-hmm. Diane. She's like, it's just so silly, Everett, the way she says that. Like, it's just like, it's just, like, it's usually the opposite. Usually, like, they want to sleep together, but the mom makes them not sleep mm-hmm. together uh, because they're not married or... <laughs> They're gay, I don't right? Know. Um, something like that. So it's it's very interesting to see that. And yeah, he sucks. But more on him. More later, on him later. Not. I mean, Dermot Mulroney is great, and I I am always happy to see him because I'm always happy to look at him. But like, in terms oh, yeah. of characters, I loved not the BSA of the movie for me. No, um, far far from, from it. it. So uh, I mean, that of course uh, I think you know leads us into really the the what we are going to talk about today which is really the bsas of the family stone uh Mm. a movie chock full of best supporting podcast alums oh nice to see claire danes again who we just talked about recently in home for the holidays and of course the hours yeah rachel mcadams i think this is our first rachel mcadams movie if i'm not mistaken yeah, I think it uh, is. Craig T. Nelson from Poltergeist Ooh, and My yes. Dreams, you know, circa 1989. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've talked about Sarah Jessica Parker before, but I am excited to talk about her because I feel like she's a topic. Um, yes. And maybe that's, maybe I oversold it. Maybe those are all our alums, but. Uh, no, yeah, but still. still. I mean, sure, Diane Weist isn't in it, but Diane Keaton is not an alum. <laughs> yeah. Now that is actually there is really the question at hand. Is this the first time we're formally talking about Diane Keaton? I think it is. Wow, yeah, I think it is. I mean, we've we've mentioned her, of course, several We've times. talked around her. We've brought her up. But this yeah. is finally 
like 61 episodes in this is our first diane keaton proper movie yay and i'm excited that it's this movie to be honest yeah I feel like you have a lot of things positive things oh yes because anyone who's who's ever given their their time talent and energy to listening to me on another podcast has probably heard me talk shit about diane keaton uh because i <laughs> think that she has a a proficiency if you will for overreacting and clutching at a turtleneck and hooting and um yes not for nothing but i don't think she does any hooting in this movie maybe maybe one point during the the crazy strata mess in the kitchen scene i feel like and i would forgive her if she did but there wasn't she didn't get spooked by the family dog and go oh and like you know fall out of her chair yes. in this movie and fall back on the yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh so uh that being said you know while there are so many people i want to talk about someone who i don't think we're going to talk about much in this movie and that i think about every time i see it the movie i mean is the character of susanna yes colin i i planned on talking about her because she's great well, go she- ahead Give me, give me your I, it's thoughts. like there's this part of me that's like she it, it's it's almost I mean it's not the same at all like it's not exactly the same as Diane Weist and let them all talk but it is the same in that she has no conflict she has no drama in this movie like yeah she all everyone else has some part of the conflict here but she's just there with her with her you know nerdy little kid and she's pregnant and, and like she watches me you know meet me in St. Louis and cries and you know uh, calls it macaroni like we, she doesn't contribute anything else and i always every time i see this i think why is this character in this movie is there a scene that we got 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 cut or like a storyline that got cut like couldn't they have just expedited you know the, the thad and and you know uh what's his name patrick, patrick and you know made the little geeky kid their kid you know like um oh yeah yeah i i don't know I will say, or could, yeah, finish your thoughts. I just, I, I just felt like that's my opening statement. statement. I feel like the only reason Suzanne is in this movie is so that, uh, Elizabeth, I think is her name is in this movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with, um, yeah, everything that you're saying, to be honest too, there is, I'm going to make a reference to a movie that I didn't, I don't know. That was like a very cryptic way of really saying nothing because I stopped halfway through. But um, <laughs> she, I, I, for what we've talked about before, she definitely gives me the daughter who stays behind energy. Yes. The daughter who takes care of the parents. The daughter that lives, you know, maybe right down the street, maybe one town over while the rest of everyone has kind of moved on, which we appreciate and, and love, honestly. I feel like it's a, a new category for us. Yeah. And I think... I think it's definitely part of like most family dynamics. However, it is not dynamic to watch. It's just kind of, I do love that she cries. I always cry during that part because it's like, there's so much that she's thinking of and like the music's so beautiful mm, and it's Judy Garland. It's Judy, and, but yeah. I do love when she goes to take a nap with Diane Keaton. I just think that's the most mm-hmm. like beautiful, small statement of like, I think everyone kind of finds out at different parts of the movie because we only really know, like we see Luke Wilson's character find out about um, Sybil's, you know, diagnosis, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. We never really see her find out. And I think that was kind of her moment. But yeah, it's it's not like, 
it's not thrilling to watch. But I do like her. It's like, okay, fine. Oh, yeah. I like her. I just always, like, when I think of this movie, I completely forget about her because, you know, it just... There's, you know, there's just all the obvious conflicts with Rachel McAdams and what happens mm -hmm. with Luke Wilson. And, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, she just doesn't jump out. And I just feel like if she, I I also like that scene where she takes, you know, gets into bed with, uh, with Sybil, but it was like, I needed like a little more of that. I needed a little more of like, yeah, yeah. like another scene of Susanna knowing before everybody else, because she's like the oldest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oldest daughter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's, you know, just a, a little appetizer, you know, we, we had to talk about Susanna, um, we did, but you know, the rest of the family is, is, uh, of course, Kelly and Sybil played by Craig T. Nelson and Diane Keaton and Ben played by Luke Wilson and, uh, Amy played by Rachel McAdams and Everett played by Dermot Mulrooney. And, uh, halfway through the movie, Claire Danes shows up as Meredith sister, Julie and uh, we even get Mark Brandanowitz like you know uh, an hour into the movie playing Brad uh, Brad, Brad. <laughs> I love Brad oh I love I really that do. scene when like Meredith of course is drunk at the bar and realizes Brad is Brad is really when you fall in love with Meredith like she's just she's yes. like oh this is so great oh I need to buy you a drink like I know she's drunk but it's so charming and it just I she wins me over firmly from that point on Yes, I do love that. My fa- one of my favorite choices in this movie is Brad Stevenson, aka Paul Schneider, when everything goes awry on Christmas morning, and Sarah Jessica Parker says, and then he she sleeps with his brother, and then oh, he like yeah. lurches forward, yeah, and does this crazy like, ugh, like sort of. It is so funny yeah. though. I was like, what a choice! It's such a great little that choice, was. yeah. And I also love then when like the cast really starts, and then he just like looks at Julie and he's like, hey, sorry, I don't think we've been introduced. I'm Brad. Like, it's a great micro <laughs> moment between... Just sitting next to Suzanne. Yeah, like these these three completely left out characters. I love that. Yes. So Brad's cool. And I think he's so handsome. Oh, I, I do too. I think he's like such a goober, but like in a... And like a yeah. Anyway, we that's for like our Parks and Rec episode, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I will say as a, as a preview of that, this may be an unpopular opinion, but like... I like Mark Brandanowitz. I kind of enjoyed Mark Brandanowitz. I, I, there was something about him that I was like, I, I maybe I just like wanted to make him laugh. I wanted him to like me because he was like, you know, that oh, kind yes. of guy. I don't know, but I like, I like Mark. I like him. Yeah. So I think he meant well. Yeah. They didn't know what to do with him. I think. Yeah. It, it totally Which stinks. Yeah. That really stinks. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. Well, uh, who do you wanna uh, who do you wanna talk about next? Or actually, you know what? Let let me rewind. We've given the setup, but usually, you know, we got to give some set and setting. When is the first time you saw the Family Stone? What's your What's your experience with this movie? Yeah, I think I actually talked about it on the podcast. I can't remember because Keon mentioned it. So I came out to my parents when I was nineteen. So, but like this movie didn't come out until. 2005 so it it doesn't really matter about the math but my mom stumbled upon it I don't know if she saw it on TV I don't think she rented it I have no idea why she saw this movie but it was like right in the midst of like all of the turmoil and the drama of my coming out Mm. Um, and she was sort of grappling with him my, my parents both and she happened to see this movie and it really I would I would say it definitely helped her. I I think that like she came down into my room 
Um, and she was like, I found this movie. I think she handed me the DVD, so she must have rented it. Who knows? And she's like, and it really, and then she got like, she gave me some like talking through tears moments. Ugh. Um, She was like, it just, it just really hit home. And she just like kind of like held the movie. <laughs> she like held the DVD case like close to her. And then she like handed it to me. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, mom. <laughs> I was like, I'm gay. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, move, I'm gay. <laughs> move, move, I'm gay. Goes to the copy machine. Uh, um. So, yeah, but I, so that's why, one, I really love this movie just for, like, that reason, and and I think that um, it kind of helped her in some small way, too, so that's when I first saw it, uh, alone in my bedroom, and of course I cried at the kitchen scene, and I cried at the end, and it's just, uh, I just think it's, it's one of the better ones, and by that I mean one of the better Christmas movies, I think. Yeah, you know, I remember you telling that story about about your mom, and I didn't realize that was like the first you saw it and like that was the whole like you know she kind yeah. of handed it over to you like that's great uh yeah. and i think like watching this like kind of how we open the episode of watching this being older and with different perspective like this is a great movie for a mom to watch who's trying to navigate those feelings like yeah i think you know that dinner table scene like when diane keaton is laughing about wanting all of her sons to be gay i not only is it one of Diane Keaton's finest moments, but I think it's such a, it's such a disarming moment. And I, I think for someone like that to just kind of like, it's something that I think maybe a lot of mothers could feel so much tension about. And I love that there's a scene of a mother just laughing about it. Yeah. All my boys. Oh, so they would never leave. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I gave up on, on Ben a long time ago and being gay. Like I just, I love, I, oh, that yeah. I just love that. Um, well, that's great. I, I don't know if my parents have seen this. I feel like my my mom would she would appreciate this movie. Um, yeah, I feel like I, my parents. You know, they'll be like, "Ugh, Sarah Jessica Parker." They won't even know why they don't like her. They just decide they don't like her. Oh, um, uh, I mean, we all have those. Yeah, people. you know, I mean, I have Diane Keaton, so I get it. Um, <laughs> but I make exceptions, you know. But not in I mean, this not in this movie. movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know I must have seen this in college. I feel like my friend had it on DVD. I feel like it was something maybe I saw in senior year of college. And I remember the first time I saw it, and it was probably based on the trailer, that I was expecting something a little, like just the expectation was that it was going to be a lighter, you know, easier, breezier, kind of fun, romantic movie. And and I just like wasn't prepared for what it was going to be. And I think that I was a little like, I think I came out of it being like, oh, okay, that was, hmm, something was weird about that. And and. I think looking back, it was more like someone tells you, hey, do you want a bite of ice cream? And it's coleslaw. And you're like, oh, well, this is awful. And it's like, yeah, but if I told you <laughs> it was coleslaw and then you ate it, you'd be like, oh, okay, that was, that was good coleslaw. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, the experience I had. So the more I went back to it, and especially this most recent time, I was like, damn, this movie is, I fully agree with you, one of the better ones and is is mm-hmm. – I'm so glad it's not just an easy breezy romantic comedy. And I love that there's, if this is in some ways, I feel like my kind of Christmas movie, it's, yeah. it's about family dynamics and it's a little dark and there's, and there's some dysfunction and you know, there's some monologues and there's talking through tears. I mean, it's, it, this is, I, I get, I have a couple, you know, I have quibbles, but overall this is a great watch and an even better rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I, 
I think I'd rather have to kind of build on that thought there. Um, I'd rather have something that I thought was supposed to be funny be dramatic than something that I thought was going to be dramatic be really funny. Yeah, I would have been. I feel like that would have pulled that that kind of like rug pull mm-hmm. from underneath would have. That's that's not the right way to go. But yeah, if you watch this trailer, it's like Sarah Jessica Parker. Dying, uh-huh. getting, and that that song that because it's all right, dun, 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 and, that like and, the song mm-hmm. she dances to at the bar. I was like, oh, what a fun holiday film! Right, and the strata spills, and there's going to be running, and yes. and and they, they they'll always show that in any trailer for this movie is is the Christmas morning chaos, and that to me. The Strata part I'm okay with, but all, all of the Home Alone music chasing each other around the house stuff, I was like, who interfered with this movie and in, and insisted this scene be in here? Because this is not working for me. Yeah, it's like when you're watching a great lip sync and someone does air guitar. Oh, you know? oh brother. <laughs> when you least expect you, it. Just when you thought it was safe. And it, <laughs> yeah, I just, I think that that, it's unfortunate that the movie briefly took that turn because I it felt like, it just felt a little shoehorned in to make this feel like another kind of a holiday comedy, you know, that they, for with a scene they could put in the trailer. But I was like, it just comes out of nowhere. And the movie's accomplishing so much more with the tone it has the rest of the movie. Yeah. And especially like the scene right before, like it's so beautiful mm. and everything. Yeah. Oh. And we'll, we'll get to that as well. Oh, that scene. Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, who to next? Well, to? why don't we, you know what? Let's, is it Claire? I think I, I was good. That, that was what I was thinking. Let's talk about Claire Danes. Okay. I, um, I lo- I really like Claire Danes. I, we've talked about her before and how she just like, even she, when she was younger, like never came across as like a weird child actor. Like she's just always been good at this. And I really, I mean, I think she's great in the role. I love this character. I love her function. Mm. I love how she shows up. I, I just, I, I'm so happy when Julie shows up. Oh yeah. Like, first of all, the fall off the bus is amazing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever stunt double did that, or maybe it was Claire. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the best way to enter this house, and I just love because sometimes I I think it's just like, and I get it because you know Sarah Jessica Parker has set her own expectations of what this should look like and how she should act. When really you just have to go in there and say, Amy, oh, so you're the mean one. Like just call it out yeah. because everyone knows Amy is the asshole. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and just like step in. Start hugging people and and just, but not everyone has that. I almost called it a gift, but like a sensibility, I guess. Like she already was like briefed on everyone, but she just fit in so well. Yeah, I and it also you know, to Meredith's detriment. Go ahead. Right. Well, I mean, I was just gonna say that it, what it makes me think about is, uh, I mean, we see Meredith outside of the house, and so we kind of get a sense of like, okay, she's just, uh, she's just this way. She's just you know, she's kind of uptight. But I think, you know, not to make a drag race reference, but it makes me think of when, you know, somebody who is normally very outgoing and very comfortable, then all of a sudden they're out of their comfort zone, they're with a bunch of strangers, and they just yeah. can't say the right thing to save their lives. And yeah, Meredith, I don't think Meredith is naturally as uh, as sociable as Julia anyway, but I feel like Julia yeah. doesn't have that problem, and Meredith has that problem, Um even when she is comfortable in some cases, you know? Oh, yeah. That whole pizza pizza night mm-hmm. ruined. 
Yeah. She's folding up that napkin. I love that choice, though, to, f- to just roll up that napkin in her Oh, lap. yeah. And the fact that she's, like, still in, like, work clothes. Yeah. I just want to, like, hand her, like, an old Van Halen t-shirt and, like, just say, like, you know, put on some wool socks right. and, like, sweatpants, Right. You know? Do you want to wear some sweatpants, Meredith? I think you'd be so much happier <laughs> in some sweatpants. That would have been a great Diane Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you like a scarf? Because she's always wearing one in this movie. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, Julie is, you know, she's such like a level energy in the movie. Like she never has like a real like meltdown moment because she's not supposed to. I do like that she starts crying when when she has the ring on. Like, I think that's such an interesting moment. Yeah. But at the same time, this may bring us into Everett and I can't help it. But the the scene where he's like forcing her to wear the ring and she's saying no yeah. And it's like, and dude, like, don't you, it, Everett is a problem. Everett is a beautiful problem. And I don't trust <laughs> yeah, him. I don't, I like him in a way, but I don't, I did. That moment felt so weird to me when he was like forcing her to put the ring on. I just, I couldn't understand how we were supposed to be charmed by him or how this, they were supposed to end up together in the end, you know? Yeah. That never, ever, ever, ever would have happened. Oh Yeah. If that was like my sister, you know what I mean? I I, I could never do it. I, I would be like, no. It's I think that's probably the most like outlandish like storyline. It's like this the the swapping of the couples. Although mm-hmm. I'm glad it happens. Like I, I like how natural and sort of Yeah, just natural Sarah Jessica Park Sarah Je- Sarica is what I keep calling her and I can't stop calling <laughs> Sarah Guitar. Sarica. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker and um and Luke Wilson like the way that they just kind of he calms her down and brings her back mm-hmm. to earth and then they just kind of it, it happens but with him he's like I love you and you <laughs> it's not as natural and it's creepy in a way yeah I I feel like he's very much charmed by her and she's supposed yes. to just feel the same way by proxy because he does and because he's so beautiful yeah. which you know I would I could see I could see a world where you know he gives you that look and you know like yeah I'll put the ring on what the fuck do I care but oh, yeah. I I there's something about it though whereas I love the chemistry between Luke Wilson and Sarah Guitar, Jessica Parker. I <laughs> and I kind of buy the 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 connection, even though it happens pretty quickly. I I just want Julie to get on that bus and get out of that town and not talk to Everett ever again. I just like I, I also would feel like, you know, I just saw like you just led my sister on, and then on Christmas you dumped her and you and you moved on to her sister. Like, yeah. again, to quote Meryl in doubt, a dog that bites is a dog that bites. He will bite. And he's coming for your grandma, Julie. Watch out. <laughs> it's so true. I, I When we watched it, when I watched it with Keon and, and the bus pulls away and then it stopped, he was like, no. Yeah. Like, because it, you do, I get why it's there because like, it has to be there because that's how movies work. Yeah. But I would have loved the following Christmas if Julie still showed up, but showed up like single. Uh-huh. Um, and and um, Everett was with like, I don't know, someone new, and they just gave each other like a knowing glance and, you know, like they're friends. Mm-hmm. 
Right, because I mean that brings up even the the question of like, what when does the conversation between Julie and Meredith happen? Where it's like, hey, so remember Everett, your almost fiance. So we kind of hit it off on Christmas Eve, you know, when you had a meltdown and went to a bar. So I think we're gonna get together now. That's not weird, right? Like. That like that's so weird to me. That's so weird. Like if I had a yeah. if I had a gay brother and he and I was seeing somebody and then it wasn't working out between me and this guy, but then my brother and this guy, it was like, well, I you know, like that would be I just uh, am I crazy? Like this is just No, no, no. That's what I said. It's like it is the the most improbable plot point of Yeah. This movie and of all time, but like obviously it's happened probably in other movies too. But um, I just think these are foods on the we, plate that shouldn't be touching. That's all. I just yeah no, yeah. but I yeah or at least have one of them not work out. Like we're saying, uh, like maybe Sarah Jessica Parker ends up with Luke Wilson, mm-hmm. but like it has to create. Like we only have so much time. I think of like what Lin-Manuel said about like when everyone was like complaining about Hamilton and like, this is, you know, you left out this, you left out that. And why is this happening? It's like, I only have like two hours to tell this story and this is what I, yeah. or this is what I did too. So yeah, none of it would ever happen. And it is kind of gross. And um, I guess it like, it's, it's really falls on like Dermot Mulroney and Sarah Jessica Parker, who are this, like the slime balls, but like more Mm -hmm. so, Dermot Mulroney like they're but they I guess it just goes to show that their relationship was never really solid and like maybe there was some sort of I don't know if he didn't like just leave her you know like maybe more bickering or something like Mm -hmm. that I don't know yeah there was just you know I I make exceptions for movies like this but it's it also you know as much as you know there's that part of you that sees the bus driving away and it's like oh okay oh that is kind of sad on christmas then it stops and there's a moment of like well i felt in this movie it was like oh no like in general that's the moment we all hope for in these movies i think it would have been really interesting if the family stone kind of you know uh pulled some pulled some punches and like didn't make that narrative happen you know like i think that that's more interesting to me is it doesn't have to be like a super dark movie, but a movie where not everybody ends up, you know, in a relationship in the end. And like, what does that look like? I think that's an interesting narrative. And like, how can, you know, maybe I'm saying this because I'm, this is going to sound pathetic, like single on Christmas right now, but I'm not, you know, I'm fine. Everybody. (laughs) I'm fine. I mean, listen, I'm fine. I'm fine. But I'm fine. fine. Still Magnolia's. I'm fine. I just want to hit someone. Um, I just want to meet someone. But uh, I, but I I do think it's worth like how do you show a narrative where somebody doesn't end up with a love interest at the end of the of the holiday movie and their Christmas isn't ruined, you know? Yeah, it's like it's like what I wanted in Home for the Holidays, and it's also I know mm. you haven't seen the holiday yet with Jack Black and Kate um, Winslet. No, I think it does work out that way with Kate Winslet and Jack Black. Spoiler no. alert. But um, I think, or maybe they're romantic. It's an interesting sort of ending, but I kind of like it. And I, I haven't seen it. I'll give you that. If there's a movie out there, listeners that has what we're asking for, um, let us yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. I want a movie where, they don't end up together in the end. And some couple in the movie yeah. doesn't end up together in the end, and it's not Titanic, you know? 
Yeah, I'm thinking of like 500 Days of Summer mm-hmm. or um, other things like that. Yeah. Anyway, moving, moving on. on. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I feel like we can talk to, maybe we can talk about each of them, but I feel like if we're on the topic of, of um, siblings without drama, we could talk about Thad and Patrick. Oh, God. I just, I was so obsessed with Patrick when I was. Yeah. When I was young, fifteen years ago, I can't believe that. Um, but yeah, I he's the he's the dream man. He's so handsome and kind, and Thad is they're they're just the perfect couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In like every sense of. The I word. really like Patrick. Patrick is a character that each each time I watch it, I get I get a little bit more from him because I. There's yeah. a th- I love that like he and Meredith are cooking together. I like that they both are kind of he's been in the family longer, but he kind of knows what it feels like to be the outsider in the family. I, yes. I, I love that. Like Diane Keaton's last scene is, a, is with Patrick. Yes. Uh, that moment when he's like, it's snowing. Oh, he's like, Sybil, it's ready. And she just looks at him. It's snowing. I was like, Oh, and they're having a micro moment together. I'm loving this. Yeah. I, I feel like Patrick is like, it's kind of, I mean, I, I, I think because Drag Race is starting again and we are committing to season 13 and UK yeah. season two, it's like on my mind again. But it's kind of like Patrick's like the Jocelyn Fox of this movie. You you keep rewatching it. You're like, yeah. you know who's great? You know who's great in this movie? Patrick. Every time. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I'm just so, uh, I agree. He's, he's, he's such a dreamboat. Um he really is. And and Thad's great. I mean, I think one of the things I really appreciated uh, that the movie does really well without patting itself on the back is how they show the inclusive sign language and like how the family does it so casually. I feel like they yes. do it so well and so casually that it doesn't feel like the, the family stones being like, oh, look at us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ADA compliant. Yeah. Yes, for sure, for sure. And I, one of the things I read on IMDb that I just thought was so precious is when that and Patrick are walking back to the inn, um, like in the snow. And I can't remember if it was the moon or the snow, but um, Patrick like signs to Thad, like it's so beautiful. Or, the snow is beautiful. Or, the moon is beautiful. And then he signs back like, "No, you are." And I'm like, "Oh, what a great little thing to put yeah. in there that like I didn't know." I didn't know what they were saying to each other at that point, too. It made me want to go back and rewatch it. I was like, oh, this is so lovely. Yeah, I, and, you know, I was wondering if we were going to see any scenes of them alone or if we're going to see them kiss or anything like that. I thought, like, it was 2005. You know, nowadays, a gay couple in a movie, like, it's like they make a point to show them kissing. But in 2005, it was like, how much are we going to see? Um, but they felt like a full. Yeah, but even having a yeah, kid. Yeah, and even having a kid, yeah. like, it felt like a fully realized relationship versus just, like, tokenized yes. as, like, oh, they're the gay ones. Yeah. Ugh. It was yeah. Great. Um, Love them. So, uh, you know, and that, obviously they are a big part of the dinner table scene, but we will like actually talk about the dinner table scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's just give a moment of appreciation to, how about Rachel McAdams? Why don't we talk about Amy? Yes. Uh, Amy Stone. I went to high school with an Amy Stone. Amy Stone. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody is, is, she played flute and the marching band. Yeah, yeah. She's everyone yeah. six degrees of separation from an Amy Stone. I'm convinced. <laughs> um, what's what? What's your take on Amy in this movie? I feel like she's. There's been a lot of tricky siblings we've met in the past few movies, and wh- how, where does she stack up? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm I'm looking as we talk too because I'm wondering. I 
if I'm doing my calculations correct, let me see. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so Mean Girls was in 2004, and this was in 2005. So it makes sense, you know, that she would be cast as the mean sister. That's so interesting. I didn't yeah. put that together, but that's a great little connection. Because I don't know... I mean, I would cast her in anything because I love her a lot too, and I'm always willing to be surprised. Like, I don't know if she would be first choice for me. If I'm ca- and I, but at the same time, like, well, Nick, who would mm-hmm. be your first choice as this as this sort of sister? I don't know if I wanted someone more, um, like a younger maybe Juliet Lewis type mm. or something like that. I don't know because I um, could see like I think. I think Christina Ricci is a little too eccentric, but I think that she she feasts on roles like this. Yeah, it's something like almost uh, like a Mila Kunis type or something. Ooh, I don't know. That's a good call. A Mila Kunis. I could see that. I could see. Oh, it's tough. Two thousand five. Yeah, right. Like, it's who, like who was? But who were the who were the ladies? Yeah. But with all that being said, like. She, I do love that she's like, I don't know. I don't know what grade she teaches, but I picture her teaching like elementary school for some reason or being like a really Mm. cool high school teacher who teaches like math or something. I don't know. Um, Yeah, she's, there's so many little details about her, even from when we first meet her and like, she's in an old Honda or an old Honda, an old Volvo station wagon. She's an NPR tote bag. She's got the, like, you just like, right away I was like, oh, okay, I think. I see who you are and I could totally see her being that like disheveled sophomore English teacher who everybody loves. Yeah, for sure. But also like, I think on the flip side of that, the notes that she plays, I mean, she's an incredible actress. Like watching her cry is just like so satisfying. I don't know what Uh, it sounds weird to say, but like, I was like, yes, I, I obviously get why uh, you cast her because she's a talented woman. Um, I think even with all of like the stuff that she's doing at the beginning, she's still really likable and people know her, even if they know her just from mean girls, like even in mean girls, you still kind of are rooting for her because she's like ridiculous, I guess. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the interesting thing about casting Rachel McAdams is that she has sort of this, you know, immediate likable energy, this Amy Adams level of likability. And then you put her in these mean roles and it's like you, you don't, I mean, I think we almost had this with Hillbilly Elegy as well with Amy Adams, where it's like, yeah, but I still kind of like her because I, I like Amy yes, Adams. You know, yes. like I like Rachel McAdams, must be in the name. <laughs> but I, uh, but I, uh, yeah, there's, I think I'm glad they cast her because I didn't like Amy in the, be- like in the beginning. I thought she was just like such a, a pain in the ass. But I think, so I think if they had cast someone who is more, who more traditionally plays a, a pain in the ass, like I think of, uh, that girl who she's been Jenna Malone, who was in Stepmom, oh, yeah. and she always plays like a yeah. I feel like she always plays such like a brooding, like mean kid, yes. and I'm like, ugh, I wouldn't like her from the start. But like Rachel McAdams, I I was willing to, I was willing to eventually like her later in the movie, you know? Yeah, and she kind of gets like a glow up. I mean, I kind of love what she's wearing at the dinner table, too, like with the one curler, like what she's getting ready. Mm, and then mm-hmm. like I love yeah. what she's wearing like the next Christmas. She has like that tight turtleneck and she looks she looks great yeah yeah and she you know what i i love that she's kind of the featured character in the end of the movie and you know we kind of see her reflection in in diane keaton's picture and i know it's supposed to be like she's the she's the baby in the womb in that picture but i also like the idea that 
the, or the suggestion that it was really Amy who was going to be carrying on yes. like Sybil's energy in the family, yes, yes, you know, yes. and, and it's very unlikely, you know, that, that she would be like kind of the, the tough, you know, the, the, the pain in the ass little sister would actually be kind of, she might, she ends up by the end of the movie having these sort of like upcoming matriarch energy, you know? Yeah. And you need that. You need someone who's going to be a little bit of a ball buster as well too, but mm-hmm, still be able mm-hmm. to be nurturing. And I think by meeting Brad and maybe starting like her own family, who knows after that too, that like it's, she's really stepping up to the plates. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, she's definitely it's the a... baby. Like she has to be the baby of the family, you know, mm-hmm. as out of the three, bro- three brothers. Yeah. Thad. Ben Everett. Two, oh yeah, three yeah. brothers and an older sister. Is it oh, Tad yeah, well, or Thad? Kids. I'm like panicking now. I I Tad? I went with Thad, but it could I I feel like <laughs> Kelly calls him Thaddeus, and I guess Tad could be sure. short. I I think if we call him Thad, I don't think anyone will yeah. cancel us. You know. <laughs> you know what I found out today? I've been spelling the word "canceled" wrong for 34 years of my life. I thought there were two L's, C A N C E L L E D, but there's one. I always, well, I guess, yeah, I guess that's it true. It autocorrected in an email, and I was like, no, because it looks incorrect with one L. And I was like, this yeah. is crazy. And I know as I get yeah. older, there are more words like that, but um, I consider myself a good speller, and I was appalled anyway. Yeah. I think this canceling might be dementia. Canceled. Yeah. <laughs> dementia. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, just not for nothing, but yeah. this, this to me, yeah. Um, do you smell burning toast? <laughs> you know, <laughs> avocado. I think that's a stroke. Burning avocado. It's yeah. a millennial thing. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a millennial stroke. Um, Rachel McAdams. I, you know, the scene when Meredith gives out the the pictures yes. and and Amy gets that crying moment. I was like, ugh. I just. She's so good at crying. She's, She's really just so good, good at, at it. crying and like how she has yeah. to like stop because she mm-hmm. knows if she keeps going, the floodgates are going to open. And they kind of do in a way too. It, her eyes are just, oh, she's a beautiful crier. And um, and yeah. I just loved uh, on the flip side of that is um, it's like Diane kind of saves the day. She's like, Meredith, you did good. And she points to her. Oh. I love that moment. Oh, Diane, you did Diane, good. we're coming for yeah, you. I that, know. Diane, you did good, we Diane. You did good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A best supporting finger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and let's, uh, if, if I, you, you know, not that I'm no, rushing us along. I mean, please. we could take a moment and acknowledge that Luke Wilson and Craig T. Nelson are in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I can start with Luke Wilson. I, this is another new takeaway watching at this time was the stones are they're an appropriately named family they're a tough crowd mm-hmm. and um they they are really tough on meredith from the beginning like they're they're they they have their their claws bared from the moment she comes in like they are yes. ready to not accept her and i I guess I always remembered the character of Ben being a little bit more of like, uh, like almost more like Robert Downey Jr. in Home for the Holidays of like, oh God. Oh, yes. Like, oh, brother. But Ben is kind of lovely. Oh, he's great. Ah. Oh, I mean, and I'm not just talking about the sweatpants. I, I mean. <laughs> I'm not just talking about the sweatpants, but they the don't hip hurt. thrust, yes. Ugh. I was like, I am never getting out of this car. I just, I. <laughs> <laughs> the view is too good. I know. Um, he is. 
he is just, I don't know, the way that that character's written and for what it's worth, the way that Luke Wilson plays it yeah. is it's so much more than just like the deadbeat crazy stoner brother. Like he's, he has so much heart that kind of shines through that I, you rarely see that mix played so well. Usually what happens is like the deadbeat suddenly in the 11th hour has heart, you know? Yeah. He's the only He kind one. of has it the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I loved like in Meredith's like most stressful moments that he's the one that kind of saves her. Like yeah. when she's leaving for the inn and like, I'm sure she's sitting in that car just being like, what the fuck am I doing? Is this the right choice? And he's like, I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> it's just like so <laughs> random. Yeah. And uh, you know, don't forget to bring that mug back at Sybil's. It's her favorite. She'll kill you. It's, it's like all these little like zingers at the same time. And he's just like, mm-hmm. he should be saying like, are you sure you want to do like, he's not, he's not having the conversation that we expect him to have, I guess. Mm-hmm. And same when she like crashes yeah. into the tree after dinner. What does he say? Like what seems to be the problem here or something? Yeah. Which, yeah. 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 Like he, he, whereas everybody else kind of, Meredith is always like gonna get in trouble at any second like she's just like always like about to misstep with these people and he's just so much more forgiving than everybody else and I think that's like I mean again like I I I couldn't help but think like would I would I do well with a Ben Stone would would that energy work for me and I think with some modifications, I think Ben Stone and I could be very happy together. Yeah, I wonder what he does for a living. That's like the first thing. I'm like, what's your credit yeah. score, Ben Stone? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Do you have like an Experian report yeah, you can you... show me? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I. Uh, what's your FICO? Yes. Um, but I mean, I but I I at the same time would ha- would happily sit on you know the stadium steps and get stoned with him. Like that sounds oh, yeah. like a great way to deal with the holidays. And just like that end when they're like. Meredith goes in and like she's like snuggling with him. I was like, ugh, there's nothing better than that. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I. And uh, I would just like, like curl well, up. Ugh. He's. Great. Yeah. He really yeah. is great. Probably like top five for me. People in this movie for sure. Maybe even top three. Who knows? I. I, I honestly, I would say top three. Yeah. I think you know it's funny. I feel like with this movie. I mean, the, all the performances are kind of routinely great. You know, there's obviously some moments, but I find myself evaluating, you know, when we do like a BSAs of or a five to one kind of ranking, I find myself evaluating the Family Stone more based on the characters than the performances. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. I'm, val- who do I like the most in this movie as a character? Yeah. And he's, he's top three. Like I, I mean, I'll save, maybe we'll, we'll save that to the end of like, who's oh, our, fun, yeah. who are, who are our favorite characters you know, five to one, maybe three to one. Yeah. We'll see how we feel when we get there. Um, but Ben is, uh, he's a, he's a contender. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's, I mean, let's just talk about Kelly Stone, uh, Craig T. Nelson for a second, because he, I think his two best moments in the movie, and obviously it's the things that we love, is the dinner table scene yes. when he like, Slams his hand down and like, oh, you're in trouble when Kelly yells, you know, but then the scene when they're all opening the gifts and and it it cuts to Sybil and and Kelly and he's just like red rimmed eyes and Mm -hmm. it just feels so real. And she's like, oh, Kelly's crying. Like, I, I, I feel like they took the character of the like you know, the, the rock of the family, the kind of just like even killed rock of the family and gave us enough 
nuanced moments to see who he really is. Oh, yeah. And honestly, like, I love the name Kelly for a guy. I think it's, like, so mm. perfect. And, like, but he, he has to be a Craig T. Nelson type. <laughs> like, it won't work yes. on, like, me. Or, like, so... Oh, I, I couldn't to, pull a Kelly off if you paid he me. He has yeah. to be, like, 6'5 and play, like, his quarterback for the football team, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just really love that name um, a lot. So I was... Kelly Stone. It sounds Kelly like some Stone. girl you went to high school with, but um, it's Craig T. Nelson. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd yeah. agree. I well, think... Amy Stone's sister, you know. You, <laughs> yeah, she Amy was and Kelly. Kelly Amy's, yeah, Amy's sister who was three years older and did shot put, yeah. <laughs> um, I also love at the end when they meet, I don't know if it's for the first time, but baby Gus. Uh, oh, he calls him King the, Gus. The King. King, King Gus. Gus. Oh, that little boy is so cute. And just like the way oh. that he looks at him. And uh, that's a, a nice little micro moment with him and, you know. I love that. Tad, yeah. Thad, and Patrick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a, like, and and not for nothing. I mean, it's it's worth saying that seeing, you know, mentioning Thad and Patrick, Tad and Patrick even, it's just so lovely to see a family that doesn't think twice about being open about gay people. Yeah. Like, it is so secondhand to them that they can joke about it, like that they can, it's very casual. It's not this like serious topic you're not allowed to talk about. Um, it, there's there's never a moment of Kelly, or at least we don't see of, of any hesitation with mm-hmm. that or Patrick. Like I just, I don't know, that will always resonate to me is when a family is, is um, being profoundly comfortable with talking about being gay or someone at the table who's gay. Like I just, I love... I love how Kelly, for as much as like a tough guy that he is, clearly loves Patrick as if as if he was Patricia, and loves Thad as if he was straight. You know, yeah, and gets not that you love ben. one more than the other. Yeah. yeah, and like smokes with his kids, like it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like that's a nuance I picked up this time around. Is like there are these little moments he has with each of them that shows us kind of. Kelly's relationship with each of the kids that I really, you know, even with Susanna, there's, he has a very different way of talking to her of like, yeah, well, you're the oldest, you know, my Susanna. Yeah. They have, yeah. Yeah. They have a little more history with Susanna. There's something special with that. Like, I feel like Amy, like he's, he'll always see her as the kid. Um, yeah. In some ways I feel like Everett, it's like, he doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't have the connection that he has yeah. with Ben, you yes. know, with Everett. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's so true. And I, like little things about, like, I feel like him and Diane Keaton, like, were just like big hippies because there's that one yeah. little nuance of when they're in bed together and he's wearing like a uh, like a low white V-neck t-shirt, you know, just like an undershirt. Mm-hmm. And he has like one of those. It's like, it's like almost like a shark tooth necklace, but not. I, it's like, yes. it's like right I, under like, and I, I love that. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. we know so much about what you are just from that. They, Sybil and Kelly were such hippies, oh, like yeah. such hippies. Like I love that that energy is there. Um, it, it sort of reminds me of, you know, speaking of Craig D. Nelson in Poltergeist, we get a sense of um, Diane and. Oh yeah. Uh, getting stoned um, in bed, right? Yeah. Get, yeah. And Steven and like getting stoned in bed and you like realize, Oh, like I kind of know who you were before you had kids and it's still there. And I just, I feel like that resonates with them as well. Like, Oh, you two were such stoners and like party animals. Like I, and, and it's very subtle. It's all shown. They don't tell us any of that. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love him. 
Um, and like the, you know, the relationship he has with Diane Weist. Diane Weist. I'm like, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, oh, I can never. I, it's always in my head. Yeah. Um, I'm always recasting Diane Weist in something. Yeah. <laughs> Diane uh, Weist as Susanna. <laughs> the God, neighbor next yeah. door or something. You know? Yeah. Diane Weist as Brad. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Brad. I love how I... I love how Rachel McAdams says that when she gets him or he gets her the what is it? Is it like a snow globe or what? Oh, the snow globe. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, wow, Brad. Brad. Uh, <laughs> there's so much. I love how she says that. But yeah, um, I feel like this is leading to the um, the the dinner table scene, Colin. I think we've arrived. It's time. For I dinner. think we've arrived because I think like this is you know the only people we haven't really talked about, and this is really a great moment to talk about both of them, or. Sarah Jessica Garage Band Parker, whatever we've been calling her, <laughs> and Diane Keaton. Um, yes. It so let's the, the dinner table scene. I I think it's fair to say. I mean, like to use the term, it's a set piece. Oh yes, uh, it's I'm that I Johnny and I've talked about this. Like set piece to me is like my new nuance. It's like the term I just use over and over because sure. I'm just obsessed with seeing it. Um, but obviously for anyone who's like, what do you mean set piece? It's like a, it's like a, it's a set piece. It's a set piece. It's a moment. It's a scene that's set to make something. It's a piece. It's a set piece. Yeah. I so there, I think I've thoroughly explained it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I, would, do you, would you agree or do you feel like, do you feel like this is the best scene in the movie or is there another one that, that trumps it for you? No, I mean, as far as just like the emotional intensity and like the subject matter and like, uh, everything it's like you do not expect this like mm. first time going through it i was like whoa like how yeah. quickly it escalates how awkward it is at first and how she keeps pushing and pushing and then eventually kelly just like slams his fist on the table and like there's other like i said no one's trying to diffuse her in a way too like no one necessarily mm-hmm. sticks up for patrick and, Th- and thad too but like she just won't shut up anyway, too. And, like, I, I always forget that Julie is at the table sitting across from yeah. her. And she does say Meredith once. Right, But other than right. that, I mean, it's it's kind of just like you have to let it happen in order for the mm-hmm. movie to work, in order for the scene to work. But, yeah, this is the scene. Like, it's it's like the Steel Magnolias. It is the the bridges in, uh, you know, I'm jumping movies here. Steel Magnolias, like the graveyard scene. At the Steel oh, Magnolias. I know what you're talking yeah. about. The, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire's. Yes. I'm with you. Mrs. Yeah, Doubtfire, it's the... Doubtfire, bridges, mm-hmm. and, like, so many other things that are just milestone moments. You just remember yeah. them. Yeah, these are the flashbulb moments. And, yeah. and this where... Uh, I mean, and Julie kind of kicks it off of like asking, you know, I, and I and I noticed at this time that she very freely asks, you know, do you have any preference in terms of race with the baby? And it's just kind of like she's just making conversation. And I, I what I noticed this time was like Meredith wants that same like candid conversation. Like yes. she's it's like you can tell she's like, oh, I want to have that kind of honest conversation with them. But she just doesn't know how to do it. And and. You know, it's like she she should have just kept her mouth shut. She shouldn't have asked that question. But like, there is a world where it's like, okay, have that conversation. Like, yeah. I don't know. And we we certainly get the sense later that you know her heart's in the right place. She loves the gays, but she does. It's one of those things where that she starts saying it, and there's nothing you can do but just like let it keep happening. And yeah. this whole thing about you know nature versus nurture and and do you worry about you know the child being gay and and that's of course i mean what sarah jessica parker and like 
to pause here on Sarah Jessica Parker, I I think because I don't like the character of Carrie Bradshaw, mm-hmm. I don't want to give Sarah Jessica Parker the credit that she's due in terms of liking her, thinking she's a good actress. But like, a Carrie, what I don't like about Carrie Bradshaw is the writing and the choices that that Sarah Jessica Parker has not as much to do with. I think she plays that woman very well, yeah. even if I don't like that woman. But I think she's great. I like. I came out of this being like, why are people tough on her? She's yeah. so funny. She's so talented. Like she's so much more than Sex in the City. Like I mm. forget that too. That like she's also been doing this for a while. Like oh, she yeah. was on Broadway, wasn't like she's, she's singer, like yes, yeah. Like she's very talented. She is, and yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, that's unless... those, that's that's my my feelings. Is like watching her. Send. That's the that's the tweet. Yeah, that's the tweet. <laughs> but seeing her navigate this scene and like how she the timing of how she like navigates this this moment is uh it's so precise and I feel like a lot of it's obviously the direction and the editing, but I just think that she's she's nailing like this moment. She's nailing this delivery. I just really was impressed with her in this scene as well. Yeah. I in general too, I think that I feel like they frame this movie around her. Like for some reason, I feel like Claire Danes got top billing on IMDb, but you know, it's fine. Um, (laughs) I think it's because it's alphabetical. Oh, well like what is, (laughs) well, it's just so weird because it's like, and it took me a few moments to, to accept that because I'm like, Oh, Claire Danes, Diane Keaton. And you're like, Oh, I guess everybody does come after K at that point. McAdams, Mulrooney, Nelson, Parker, Wilson, like, I mean, at least I, of the primary cast, and then you know, uh, Thad and Patrick are the you know, like they're not in that alpha alphabetized list, I guess. I guess that's true because I was but in the movie, like her name shows up first in the opening and the closing credits, so yes. you're not crazy, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just because, yeah, it's like we're, we're used to her as Carrie Bradshaw, too. It's like, um, yeah, she's incredible, I think, like, she. Her instincts are great. She's so good. Like, there's so much of this movie, especially coming off of um, Let Them All Talk, that feels so natural. And, yeah. Um, and Diane Keaton's really great at it, too. It's like that sort of Woody Allen vibe at the same time, too. Everyone's mm-hmm. just, like, running around a house and, and having conversations. But, yeah, it's like it starts off. I, I can't remember the sequence of, like, she says... Uh, so she... in the, yeah. At the dinner table scene? Yes. So she... She first starts children. Yeah. Yeah. She first starts asking them about like nature versus nurture. And she says, you know, she just like kind of goes on that track. And then Kelly says, you know, in this house, we, we tend to believe that, you know, it's genetic. And then I think one of the the boys says, well, and mom. And, and then that kind of starts the whole conversation about how she wanted all her sons to be gay. And it's, and that's where, you know, Diane Keaton is just at her loveliest. And just, I, I think she's, I think she does this whole scene so perfectly i just mm-hmm. i never thought i'd be singing the praises of the keaton quite so much and uh and then meredith's like well you didn't you never you didn't really want gay kids and and this is an interesting like the script is so smart here because like meredith i get what she's saying is like we can all attest to this it's in general kind of a harder path to be gay than straight sure uh the the, the road is not 
always paved for you. You know, it, it, it doesn't really always, you know, it's not always modeled for gay people. It's getting better, but sure. you know, there are challenges. Kids can get bullied. We all know anyone. Most people listening right now are like, girl, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, we, all know. Um, we know, you know, you're preaching to the whole gay choir, but, <laughs> um, but I, so I know that that's kind of what she's saying. And I, and I think that that point of view and people who have that point of view, I get where they're coming from. They're not trying to say, why would you want someone to be gay? It's like, how do you contend with the fact that it tends to be a harder journey? Yes. Like that, that's an inevitable part. Like I, it's a really interesting conversation that I think Meredith is trying to have at the wrong time with the wrong people. Oh yeah. Um, it's like read the room here. Right. But it's like, I, I get it. I get what she's trying to say. And it's just coming out all wrong. And, um, and then, yeah. And then we get like Kelly just like shutting it down. And then, uh, and then we get Sybil. Um, what was she like? Oh, God damn you. Or something like that. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, God damn you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way she says it, it's like a screech. Oh, it's just, uh, and of course, Everett is just awful in that scene because he's like, "Why don't you just say what you're trying to say?" Oh, and that Jesus. great moment where Meredith's just like, "Everett," like I love, like there's so much in that Everett. There's so yes. much in just that one line, and then yeah, and then it it's uh, it's all over from there. It's yeah, and of course, Diane Keaton throws her fork, you know, uh, to get te- Thad's attention. I know, but that is the best part for me. I mean, the fight is great too. It's like you. How she signs it, oh, how she's sort of speaking it at the same time and like kind of stumbling. She's, but mm-hmm. so definite and intentional. She's like, you are more normal than any other asshole at this, sitting at this table. And she's like exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. I actually think that that might be, for me, the like, if if she were to have won a, an award, this would be the yes. one she won it for me for Diane Keaton was that moment. And speaking of which, no Golden Globe nomination for Diane Keaton, only Sarah Jessica Parker, which, okay. All right. But like, I think we could have used some more Golden Globe. This has Golden Globe written all over it. Oh, this is such a, this is so globy. Oh, globy. it's so globy. Yes. It's so globy. Um yeah, I I think this is you know one of the best things or one of the things I've I've seen Diane Keaton in that I I enjoyed the most. Yeah, and then she says, "I need a fork." Yeah. Oh, fork. I just that I love that I need a fork. I it almost yeah. feels improvised. It's Moving just on. so good. Yeah. Um, yes. and I think for Sarah Jessica Parker, I feel like, you know, she isn't the biggest energy in that scene. Um, and while she has some, you know, that meltdown later, you know, during Christmas. I think for me, the when she won it is when she got drunk at the bar. And oh, yes. Just like that whole segment of her buying everybody drinks and dancing with Brad and just being so amused by him. And, uh, and just, you know, the whole I love gay people. Yay, gays. Like, I, I just love seeing that side of Meredith. And I, I guess the only thing I could think is I wish we got some hint that it was in there before we saw it. Cause I don't know. It like, I wonder if the movie would have been different if we liked her a little more from the beginning, you know? Yeah. I really do think as much as I love and in some ways prefer, um, Sarah Jessica Parker in her drama and like the dramatic role, I think she excels at comedy. I think she's like, she has this like natural ability to like, 
be relatable and like super charming and effortless and like and and, and that's like the per- the perfect set piece if you will is mm. uh the bar scene the yeah. way that like she's drunk and like oh my the way that she puts her arms behind her head and like relaxes that had that's it's perfect it's yeah. not side splitting funny but it's just like it's the the choices she is making and in, in that moment specifically but yeah once she meets Brad oh god oh. The, she like it's, pulls the way they dance together and she's like mm-hmm. pulling him closer. Ugh, love it. Yeah, she's just, I, I, that was one of my big takeaways watching again was like, man, Sarah Jessica Parker, like, I don't care how, she, you know, what she's, she's like. In, yeah, yeah, whatever you could say better in real life or whatever. Like, I don't care. She is, yeah, she is, uh, she's great. And, she's the um, best. Yeah, <laughs> she's the best. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, she's she's not quite the bsa because she's kind of the star of the movie yes. but uh yeah the i didn't know moment is really i will always make me laugh that oh just yeah the, the, the tension around that um there's also a great little moment after she gives diane diane keaton sees that she's returned the mug and and sybil says oh thanks for returning my mug and it just cuts back to meredith and she goes yeah and then it, the scene ends it's just this yes, like yes, kind of yes. nearly non-verbal moment oh, it's, so it's so lovely good. it's a great choice to end the scene on yes oh and when she's like making more coffee i don't think diane should have been so hard on her during that moment i would have been like sorry meredith because like yeah. she was just cleaning the pot yeah. to make a new batch she's so like, or, who doesn't um, know the rules it's like oh i'm gonna stay at a day's in i can't handle this <laughs> <laughs> i know uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I uh, I think we've talked about Everett enough. He's, I mean, we didn't, you know, he's, we've covered him. Yeah, he's, I don't even want to at this point. Uh, but like, I'll give him this Christmas morning in that robe yeah. and those jammies. Yes. I think there was a hood on that robe. I, just, my God, he's he is he's trouble. A he's a he is, he so, is trouble. Uh, he does get that moment with Diane Keaton in the kitchen when they cry together oh and i'm like i will oh. it's almost forgivable there like uh, like just of whoever it is and i think like you know he reminds me is he a politician he said he was running for mayor but i think that was a joke i think okay. he does some kind of like corporate thing yeah and i feel like he's in ways just as like tightly wound as meredith which is probably why they you know met each other i guess and like kind of kicked it off but I love that scene. I love that scene. Yeah. He, the way that he sort of breaks down and the way that she breaks down when she's like talking to him, uh, basically saying like, I want you to end up with someone that's going to make you happy and this girl's not it, but here's this ring anyway. Oh, that scene. I mean, his, he was doing some like real like crying. I was like, oh, yeah. that's like, that's like some, I kept thinking about like the filming of that scene and I was like, yeah, with Diane Keaton, you can go there. Like I, I kept oh, thinking yeah. of like, you have to be, I mean, I'm not an actor, obviously, but you have to be so willing to get so vulnerable to cry like that in front of not just Diane Keaton, but like everyone behind the scenes oh, yes. and to kind of be that like physic physically close to her while you're crying. I thought, yeah, I she's the kind of scene partner where like you'd feel comfortable going there, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would and, cry just being in that scene with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she is great Despite in that scene. Subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the question is, you know, there's Dylan McDermott and there's Dermot Mulrooney. It, you know, if you had to choose. Dylan are McDermott you... Mulrooney is what we'll call them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Dylan McDermott Mulrooney problem. Yeah. 
It's it's Dermot Mulroney. I'm sorry. It is. I, I, I think that there's something um, even from my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Dermot Mulroney, like, mm-hmm. uh, oof, my goodness. Um, the lips. And there's something about his lips. I yeah, don't know. he has like a scar on his lip or something. Ugh. That scar, it just like yeah. it just makes him hotter somehow. Yeah. It just and the voice, the voice. Oh sure. yeah, but like, listen. At the end of the day, this is a win-win situation. If someone was like, "I'm sorry, ma'am, don't Dermot Mulroney's been taken, but we do have a Dylan McDermott," I'll be like, "I'll take it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, obviously, I'll take it. Yes, um, yes, and yes. probably won't regret it. But like, I feel I've always had a soft spot for Dermot Mulroney. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now that we've, I think we've covered all of the people. Yeah. Uh, if you had to, I'm going to, I'm, let's, let's, let's do a top five. If you had to do a five to one, your favorite people, oh favorite goodness. characters in this movie, where do they Okay. Rank? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. Number five is going to be Paul Schneider as Brad. I uh, think it's uh-huh. just goofy uh-huh. enough to work and is thrown in at the last minute. And I love that he ends up with Amy because it's not who you would want to. That's the perfect combo is the two yeah. of them because he's going to ground her and she's going to like, you know, he she, he's a little bit more passive. Anyways, um, I love him. And I love that when he like leans forward and makes that noise. Um mm. I would say, uh, oh my God. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of, okay. I would say next is um, Brian White, who is Patrick Thomas. Patrick, uh-huh. Patrick uh-huh. Thomas is his full name. Patrick. Um, I will say Luke Wilson next, which is hard uh-huh. because I want to put him above Sarah Jessica Parker, but I, they're kind of like a, a pack. Yeah. Ben Stone, then Sarah Jessica Parker, and then Diane Keaton. And Claire Danes isn't on it, which is crazy. Uh, I missed it. I that's, wish I had so, more time. <laughs> I know. I, like This is, you know, the, the, I always rapid with the tough fire. questions. Yeah, yeah nope, rapid I, fire. I stand by that. I stand by it. All right. How about well, you? my my favorite people, I think my favorite people, they're all, every, all the actors are great. All the performances really are, are. are great. So I can't judge anybody. But I think in terms of favorite people, I'm going to go with you for number five is Brad. I agree. Yay. I think Brad is a lovely addition. Um, yes. He's just, he's lovely. Um, I'm going to say four is... I'm going to say four is Ben. Okay. I'm going to say, who, baby, baby, baby. Okay. I'm people, people, the people that I like, I'm yes. going to, I'm actually going to say, so four is Ben. I'm going to say three is Meredith, Meredith. Meredith. Okay. And then I'm going to say two is, Kelly, uh, I wait. Yes, um, no, wait. Yeah, great. Yes, great. yeah, no, I do. I'm gonna stand by that. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, trust, there's a lot of men here. Yeah. A lot of men on my list. Oh no, wait, hold on. I'm forgetting someone. Okay, sorry, Kelly, you've gotten bumped. I'm sorry. No, Meredith, you got bumped. Meredith, you got bumped. So it's Brad, and then it's who is my fourth? Um, uh, you said Ben before. Oh, Brad, Ben, uh, Kelly, Brad, Ben. Kelly, it's like you that's, need a top six. I feel I need a top six, but no, I know I'm. I'm just making sure I don't forget anybody. So my my okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Brad, Ben, Kelly. Then my number two is Patrick, and my number one is Julie. And I could alternate Julie and Patrick if I needed to. Wow, I love them. I just think there's just something yes. about the two of them that I'm just so. Oh, I, I do love. Yeah, I, I just do love I, Julie and Patrick together. I want to see them sitting on the couch. Yes, Dan Levy and yes. Jean. 
Yes. Yes. I, if I was at a holiday party, I would gravitate to Patrick or Julie. I mean, naturally, oh, yeah. I'd be like, Sybil, can I help you in the kitchen? But uh, I, yes, I feel like Patrick and Julie are my favorite people. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, the one thing that I love at the end, um, when this is part of like the charm of Brad, too, is like that Diane Keaton's reaction when Brad walks in the door. She's oh. like, Brad, I got a letter for your mother last week. Ah, oh, like the way that she's like, yeah, that and he's like, and he says, totally oh yeah, she loves something. you. Yeah, like oh it's, my god, I, yeah, that's honestly that's one of the moments she wanted for me. <laughs> like yes, when she's like, I got a letter from your mother last week. Oh, oh. I, yeah, I. And she's so happy that he's there. Yeah, yeah, I was so happy that Brad was warmly welcomed. I thought, what else was Brad gonna do on Christmas if he's showing up at their house? You know, Ugh, I just love him. Yeah, Brad's um, cool. yeah. Well, that is the family stone, uh, yeah. and and the BSAs of, um, and in this case, you know, really the characters are the BSAs because everyone's yeah. great in this movie. It is a, um, we've left none of them unturned. How about that? Oh, whoa, 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 waka, whoa, waka, 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 <laughs> get out. <laughs> Um, (laughs) uh, well, that, uh, that leads us, of course, to, if I'm not mistaken, our final segment of the episode every week, which, of course, is our BSA of the week, uh, in which we queen out on a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives this week. Um, so that being said, uh, what's your, what's your, what's your BSAs of the week? I have a runner-up and I have a winner. Right. Um, I I feel like this might be yours, and I'm I'm tempted to like almost let you go first. But I, I will say what it is, and then if it happens to be on your list, we can like halt and talk about it because we'll we'll talk about it anyway. Mm. But Keon was downstairs doing God knows what the other day, and he was listening to a, uh, he was happened to be listening to an episode of All Right, Mary, the Matreon edition, and he oh. was listening to the Cameo episode, and he <sighs> so he was like, uh, we, we were doing other things, and he was like, have you listened to the newest Matreon episode? I was like, no, not yet. He's like, you should like tune in like about an hour in, because there's a Cameo, and that's like all he said. And um, magic happened, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> and i i i want to know if like this was part of this was your bsa i mean i think it's my bsa of the year i yeah i am, I am gooped and gagged uh we can certainly talk about it oh it was so lovely so i mean do you want me to set it up and then you just chime in here go it's, for uh, it. it it's yeah your, it's your bsa of the week i support that yeah yeah so it's it's i mean runner up, not, even runner, up so, runner up yeah. runner up but it was yeah. such a, a lovely moment so um the best thing about all this is just maybe like a month prior you and johnny were talking about how cameos can you know in the place that you know in the hands of the wrong person can be really like impersonal and not really special because for whatever reason, X, Y, Z. And I do agree with that, by the way. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, you find someone that really takes it home and like makes it something truly unforgettable. And I am ashamed to say this. I have no idea who Dee Wallace is. I know uh, like the mom from E.T., I was like, okay, but I can't picture her face. And then the mom from Cujo. Um, but I, I've never seen that for obvious reasons because it yeah. sounds terrifying. It um, is. But... Johnny got you as like a, I guess a Christmas gift, um, a cameo from D Wallace. And it turned out to be 
like such a BS, like a monumental BSA moment of like how, because he mentioned that you haven't, you were going to be home uh, alone for Christmas. And the Mm. way she was just like, she gave you talking through tears. I mean, take it from here, Colin. Yeah. It was so so, lovely. So lovely. She, um, yes, because so Johnny had a a sort of a virtual broadcast winter concert, you know, with with the chorus in Portland and, um, I had helped out with that and I, I, uh, script, oh, yeah, the sound and stuff. I had scripted oh, oh, cool. some of the bits. I wrote some, like, I wrote some scenes. I, I did some, I was like Bruce Valanche at the Oscars. I was like writing bits, you know, nice. no, no big deal, no big deal. <laughs> but, um, but I, uh, but I also did he, where there were these bits where he like interacts with his cat, Ella. And so I, of course I did the voice of Ella. Oh, and, that's fun. And so as a thank you, he he got me uh, a couple of cameos. He got me one from Jasmine Masters that we played at the beginning of the episode. But then really the the, the piece de resistance was uh, a cameo from Dee Wallace, who if you're not familiar with, indeed, she played the mother in E.T. She was in... Um, uh, she was in a bunch of horror movies. She's been in, done a lot of horror movies. She was got in it. Cujo. Uh, she's great. She's really just a, a fabulous actress. I've always liked her. Um, and so... He had, you know, you kind of put in your, your, you know, all the details about the person you want a cameo sent to and, you know, what you want them to say. And so, um, and so she was saying, you know, I, Johnny said that you were going to be alone on Christmas and I just, you know, I just want to say that like, you're never alone, baby. And, you know, you're always surrounded by, by, by people who love you, whether it's your family or me or and she, like me. And I was like, do you love me? what and uh and you know just have to like she just she like put she didn't just be like she, she didn't just be like what planet am she I didn't on? just be like she didn't yeah. just be like she didn't just be like she wasn't just phoning in she was like really putting her heart into just saying like you know it, it's not you're not all alone and you know the love is out there you just gotta like feel it and connect with it and it was, it was just like a lovely sentiment but the most important thing was that yes it seemed like she just the tremor in the voice started and i was like d are you crying am i crying Ugh. are we all she crying said, you matter it was <gasps> oh she said it so she said beautiful. i mattered oh that's pff, you still haven't gotten off the floor from that one yeah <laughs> It was, I like, I don't know what happened before she recorded that cameo or she had a glass of wine or maybe it was just a, a, a raw day for her. But um, what a gift, like what a gift. Yeah. <laughs> that is, oh. Seriously. It was well great. Done, yeah. I well was, done, D. Yeah, D. Oh, D. I mean, I, uh, it's kind of, we've talked about this with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's way too scary to watch, but there's such a great lady performance in it. Yeah. And I would, Say the same for Cujo. It's got some really scary moments, but like D. Wallace is so good in it. Stephen King has said that it is his favorite performance in an adaptation of something he's written. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, high praise. It's huge praise. So I, uh, oh, it's just so good. She's just so good in it. But anyway, uh, I think it would be too scary for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. You know, one day. Yeah. Um. But all that aside, my my BSA of the week, I'm like so scared to say it, but I don't care at the same time. Kian and I watched The Prom oh, on Netflix. Wow. I and yes, we loved it. I Damn. I can't tell. Like I'd say, over Christmas break. You know, if you're if you're just like if you have an afternoon, you might turn it off after five minutes of watching it. But mm. 
I urge you, maybe this will help. I will say personally for me, it's one of Meryl's best performances, at least like musical theater performances. Not uh-huh. that she's done like a thousand musicals, but like Into the Woods, Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ricky and the Flash. Mm, um, sure. Yeah. But it's it's the best thing I've seen her in in a while. Um, really? And that's, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's just like, God damn it, Meryl. Like, of course you're doing this well. Of course you are. Um, uh. Which is no surprise. Um, there is a cameo by Mary Kay Place. Oh. Um, oh, well, if you started with that, geez. <laughs> sort of like a borderline alcoholic grandmother living in Indiana. Yeah. Um, we she also have um, Tracy Ullman in it as well with a cameo at the end. Um, there is a great scene with Kerry Washington at the very end. Um, and I know, I know, I know that everyone's freaking out about James Corden. So I'm not going to say much. I really enjoyed him. I, I know and understand everyone's frustration with him playing that part and like a, a thousand other gay men who are actually gay in real life could have played it too. So we won't go into that, but I, I really enjoyed him. I think he's talented. I don't really have any feelings positive or negative about James Corden. I, I don't have any loyalties, I guess, but I thought he was great. Um, Nicole Kidman is fine. That character could have been cut from the show completely. I don't understand her or mm. at least like what she was giving uh, I don't understand her role in the story, but the music's incredible. I, Keanu and I were like weeping on the couch the entire time watching this, like happy tears, sad wow. tears. Cause at the end it's like two queer kids that just want to dance with each other at prom. And I, I know you probably heard some stuff. You might've read some stuff of like, maybe it's terrible, but I, I really loved it. I've been listening to like the original um, Broadway cast recording, like all week, all week as in like, two days because we watched it on saturday right um so far yeah oh i loved it i loved it so much and if it makes it uh amanda watched it she said she didn't really love the movie but she did watch the bootleg broadway version and i do agree like i think that this is made for a broadway audience it's made and Uh more specifically made for like a live audience there's a lot of jokes that would hit differently and i was thinking that throughout the the movie too but with all that it's great all right. I mean, I so have that is my pitch. Yeah, I haven't read much about it. I did see, you know, some things, some the the peaks of some some quibbles about James Corden, but I was like, oh, I don't have the energy. Yeah, I want to take. I should text Johnny about it. I wonder if he watched it yet. Yeah, I, I, will. Um, I will do that. Go for it. I mean, you know, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, he hasn't mentioned it to me, but I, um, I, I the fact that you're saying that this is one of the best things you've seen Marilyn, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that's you know. All right. Her voice is so great. I often forget because it's pretty belty, this mm-hmm. role, too. And she mm-hmm. she kills it. The prom. The prom. <laughs> <laughs> the prom. Um, the prom. Oh, great. Oh, the prom. All right. Well, then I'll yeah. give it a go. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? I enjoy it. Christ. Oh, um, I hope you do. Yeah, I hope I do, too. I'd rather like something than not. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Well, great. Well, my, uh, I think my BSA of the week, um, and this is kind of a sneak preview. This episode is going to come out on Thursday, so it's really a sneak preview for tomorrow when folks are listening to this. But uh, on All Right Mary, the aforementioned All Right Mary, we are releasing on Christmas uh, a bonus episode to everybody. We're not, it's, it's not a seasonal movie, but we consider it a gift to everyone. <clears throat> we finally recapped or really, you know, discussed Bridesmaids. 
Yay. Yeah. And oh, God I mean, bless us, everyone. Yeah. And it's something we should do on this podcast at some point because obviously, sure. because obviously, but yeah. Oh, I, you know, I know that I am not saying anything new and A Bridesmaid is a great movie. Everybody knows that. Like, it, I am merely just amplifying what everyone else is saying. It is, it really is a great movie. It is so mm-hmm. much better than it has any right to be. I, I get why the script was nominated for an Oscar. I completely get why Melissa McCarthy was nominated for an Oscar. It's one of my favorite nominations because it's just mm-hmm. so unexpected. But then when you watch it from that lens, you're like, yeah. This is such a BSA role. This is such a BSA role. Yeah. Uh, Melissa McCartney. Even. Melissa McCartney even. <laughs> she is <laughs> she's also great in this. Um yes. so I uh I just I I had such a good time watching it. I I just like it such an enjoyable experience, like exhaustingly funny and um a movie that just holds up on repeated viewings. Yeah. It's so good. Rose Byrne. Oh, the, Rose the Byrne. speeches. Oh, it's like Kristen Gracias, Wiig. Gracias, para vivar. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Wiig is like so good at it. Like she's, I know. She's, she's just so, so great. She's such a great leading lady. And there's so many nuances she plays. All of them are fabulous. And Rose Byrne. Oh, my God. I keep like Maya Rose. Rudolph. Maya yeah. Rudolph is great. And like everybody gets a moment. Wendy McClendon Covey. Ellie oh. Kemper, like there's so many people who are in the office at some point who are in Bridesmaids, and of course yeah. it's directed by someone who it, I think directed many episodes of The Office, so like it has that pedigree behind it. It's mm-hmm. oh my god, um, the whole airplane scene. I mean, like oh yeah, yeah. I have a whole. It's been a while. Yeah, I might have to like rewatch before oh. or before or after. Yeah, yeah, completely. It's. It's Is it so streaming good. anywhere right now? No, I ended up just buying it because I was like, okay. I'm going to rewatch this. This would be oh, like, yeah. a, you know, put it on in the background when I just need it's something easy. Yeah, yeah. So um, highly recommended to revisit. And then, yeah, uh, you can hear us talk about an All Right Mary on Christmas. Yay. Yeah. Great. So that, uh, you know, speaking of Christmas, we're getting played off. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> Worst, I hear those jingles. I hear those. I hear those. I hear those strings. String, string, stringing in. Um, yeah. I uh, I think we're getting played off right now. Um, so, uh, where can people find more of you? Uh, they can find more of me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Nick Chanov. And I I thought about mentioning something, but I think I might save it for next week, Colin. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking yeah, I about, do. But I, I, I thought got, be, I got yeah. something brewing on my end. Um, yeah, but cooking gonna, up something. I'm gonna hold off. Yeah. <laughs> um, no mystery. Is that? that yeah. I know. Um, but how about you, Colin? Well, of course, you can find more of me on the aforementioned All Right, Mary. You can find me on In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance. You can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Yeah, you can send us emails at thebsapod at gmail.com. And also, just as a side note, feel free to leave us reviews. We got a couple recently that have been really lovely. Mm. It's always great to just know you're out there. We know you're out there. And, yeah. And uh, we love hearing from you. So whether that's an email, a tweet, or a review, uh, keep them coming. It's been lovely. 
I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I know what we're doing next week, which I'm very excited about. Um, yes. I, I believe we're finally uh, going to be addressing Lazy Susan and all of her BSAs. Yes. Uh, thrilled to bits. So, in the meantime, uh, friends, thank you for for you know sharing your time with us during this holiday season. We hope you're having yeah. a lovely Christmas or Hanukkah or just a plain old December 25th. And um, yes. you know, a big thanks to the Stone family. Uh, yes, all the stones. All the stones. Dermot Mulroney uh, outside of this character. Yes. Claire. Cla- yes. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Diane Jessica Keaton. Parker. Diane Keaton with the scrubs. Brad. Brad. Come on. Wow, Brad. Wow, Brad. <laughs> and that, as they say, is that.